This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. professional wrestling well we like professional wrestling too this is shake them ropes i am jeff hawkins along with mr professional microphone not a mr microphone like having a fm radio with him going hey ladies well see you later (laughs) i don't know if you know those commercials or not the old uh you had a microphone that could connect to your car radio so you could talk into it oh that, Chris, that Chris is Novembrino. certainly a, uh, certainly a thing that you could do. You just 80s, pull up yeah. alongside a lady yes. and hey, interrupt her radio hey, real quickly. Well, no, 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 not in her radio, in your radio. But oh. yeah, they'd be walking down the street. You get on the microphone. Hello there, ladies. How are you today? <laughs> uh, the creepiness wow. of how forward you could be in the eighties was on full display in your as seen on TV ads such as that. You know, you could have an at-home karaoke party. <laughs> what fun. N- nothing oh. says she's coming back like an at-home <laughs> karaoke party. You know, it's karaoke fun. Th- that's the question because like like when when I go to the convention for the for figure 4 in Vegas, they always do a, a a karaoke night at one at one of the dive bars in in downtown Vegas, and like it was big, like in the early aughts when I was doing improv, like improv groups, and when they you know birthday parties or just hanging out after shows or whatever, everybody would go to the uh, go to the karaoke bar and drink and and things like that. But I always viewed it as kind of a oh this is what theater kids kind of do type of thing versus this is what real people do. Is karaoke fun for people not in the arts? Although Chris, you play know. music, you play I music, so I can't I really ask karaoke you. to be that. F- it's not unfun. It's it's who you're doing it with. Yes, right. It really is who you're doing it with, and the vibe among the group. Definitely and also, the vibe and, of the songs chosen. And, yeah, vibe of the songs chosen, vibe of the group. Is it like a supportive atmosphere? Are there enough reasonably talented people that like you have enough pleasant surprise experiences to countervail the cringy, oh, okay, Becky just did that. Well, that's over now. Thank God for that. Uh, you know, you need to be able to balance that out with, well, I didn't realize that Tyler could sing like that. You, you need those little moments in the evening. Oh, no, here comes a perpetually single woman to sing All By Myself by Eric Carmen. We're all in trouble now. Right. But, you know, I, I mean, short answer is, look, uh, different people find different things fun, which is not a revelation or anything oh. like that. But but I, I think I think sometimes we as humans underappreciate just how fun something is to somebody and how that exact same thing could be deeply unfun to somebody else. Improv. (laughs) That's the definition of improv right there. Because anybody who's not in improv, you say, what is this dumb thing that you people do? Uh, (laughs) Oh, by the way, Chris, you did get some good feedback on, on women, on your opinion on women with tattoos. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. What what are we, what are we saying? on People very supportive of that. Okay, all right. Especially all right. women with tattoos. Oh, are they? All right. Well, <laughs> caller, get on the Instagram, people. No, no, no. Doctor <laughs> underscore no. Very available these days. <laughs> One already did. Uh, <laughs> anyways, getting into the news. And we have to retrace our steps. I know that this is an old story, kids. But uh, new details coming forward in the CM Punk elite thing, especially in light of the elite getting teased as coming back on television. Fightful Select told by numerous sources that Chris Jericho approached CM Punk unhappy about the brawl out fight, as well as the nature of the scrum that had just taken place. Jericho told CM Punk that he was a cancer to the locker room and a detriment to the company. Those we've spoken to didn't recount CM Punk's reply verbatim, but said that he effectively told Jericho it wasn't his business and that he needed to leave. Both are right. (laughs) <laughs> right it, yeah I, I mean it is not your business 
another employee's relationship with corporate brass. Okay, I'm sorry. I I know, <sighs> especially with the unclear nature of like what Punk's relationship in the company was. Like, yes. was he was he ever an executive? Like, what is that clear? Like, it... I, it's not clear to me. But uh, also, I'll, I'll I'll backtrack a little bit. I mean, even in the locker room, if we, I mean. See, this is where the weird, are we independent contractors or are we all buddy-buddy co-workers trying to make this all work? And that's the weird thing about professional wrestling that's unique to professional wrestling. Because my opinion would be, don't screw with another man's money. But yeah, <laughs> the, like the independent contractor etiquette here, to me, says you just have less you, you just can't get into other people's sandboxes as much but here's the <laughs> other thing that's kind of bothering me a little bit is that is now like two or three weeks into it here comes chris jericho to play white knight it bothers me a little bit it does because i'm just like well, a, well you know i'm the real hero of the story <laughs> And it may not be Jericho directly talking to either Meltzer or Sean Ross Sapp, but at the same time, it's just like, hey, you know who really, you know, now, now that it's obvious that everybody's gone against Punk and that Punk's on his way out, everybody's going to get their dig in because there's nothing CM Punk can do about it. It's like, oh, no, you know what? He said something to me, and I said, no, sir, you were getting, you know, that kind of thing. And you're just like, come on, guys. I, I don't know. The, the, the more I hear about this story, the more... Not that I approve of what CM Punk did in the press conference, but the more I'm kind of empathetic to the plight that he was going into, because in the in the Observer, Chris, we can both take a victory lap on this one. It says a lot of the bad feelings towards CM Punk was because of the whole Cole Cabana thing. And I'm just like, guys. And it's insane. It is, it is insane from a business standpoint to have so much money riding on your vibes about Colt mid-card cabana. Yeah, it probably didn't help either that CM Punk's side leaking towards Nick Hausman of Wrestling Inc., he of the, the scrum that got this whole thing started. And talking about, uh, you know, Larry's dog, or Larry the dog had loosened some teeth and <laughs> and when they had quote-unquote kicked the door in, which we don't know if they really kicked it in or not. Um, you know, and, and now people on the other side are leaking to Dave Meltzer saying, I don't you know think what, they that, opened that... the door gingerly. No, I, I don't either. I, 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 it's, yes, I don't think they knocked politely and, and waited for me, Mr. Punk to answer. Yes, and it would appear to me that CM Punk cares about his dog to the point where if you were going to set him off, the two things you'd go after are his wife or his dog, and that's the, pretty much the only things he cares about in this world. So I, I tend to think he may have thought his dog was in danger, but now people leaking to, to, to Meltzer are saying, oh, well, that whole dog story, not true. <laughs> and I think that's a bit slimy because it's like Punk can't actually speak publicly on it. So the thing that would kind of prove or disprove this and sort of help everyone who hasn't already just made up their mind one way or another on this make up their mind is – Look, uh, if we could see Larry the dog and his injury status or lack thereof, uh, I think it sort of leans heavily in the favor of one person or the other. I don't, I just don't think Punk's making up the Larry the dog got hurt during this incident thing. Right. Uh, and, and I yeah, think I, and like, like, like something about that just has the ring of truth to me. Um, it, especially because it always feels like from the Bucks and Omega camp, they always take the story one side too goody goody, right? It's we're always back in the prayer circle. Well, 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 I, I, I got nailed on that one. I'm not. Oh, uh, whatever. I, I'll take all the slings <laughs> and arrows for that, people. No, uh, yeah, yeah. But, but no, but on the other side, I guess Bucks. <laughs> Punk's team or whoever is leaking for him is is saying that oh he 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 was doing this under castle doctrine. Imagine, I'm just like that's too far too. We all need to just kind of settle down here with how big of a hero we all are in terms of quote unquote standing your ground, not the law, but in terms of castle doctrine. The Although same actually thing. the inter the the intersection's weird, but yes, uh, yeah. Um, I, 
But, but, I, I but thought my understanding is like that was the explanation as to why there hasn't been charges brought against Punk. Yes, that that's is that, that 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 is yeah. that is the explanation, and and as to why he was so defensive was Castle Doctrine. Um, but the line in Dave's story, and I, look, I love me some Dave Meltzer. He's a very nice person. Was very nice to me when my diagnosis came down. I, he, but I do criticize him, and he has his idiosyncrasies. But it's like the obvious, the, the thing talking about the story about the dog, and then of how it loosened some teeth, and that the dog had a subsequent planned vet appointment needed to have those teeth removed. Here's Dave. Next sentence. Next paragraph. The obvious problem with that story is that if that came up in the investigation, there is no way that the Bucks and Omega would have been brought back. That's not right. That's not true. That uh, is the, not the, the true other, at all. <laughs> that's not tr- That's one, inappropriate editorializing in the middle of reportage of facts. Two, bad analysis. It, it, it is badly placed in the writing and also simply not true. Yeah, I just, it's just so much of this is just, gosh, if, if we could if just want, help. No, the, I guess this is what, why I've been very sympathetic to Punk is his whole opening screed in that presser was going after that room of people who call themselves journalists, who relatively easily, anyone with like, a freshman year's intro to journalism stuff can start going through any of the big names and start seeing real violations of best practices in any of their work. Will I be doing that on the show today? No, I will not. Thanks, Jeff. But uh, (laughs) thanks for the offer and the invite. You know what? I have a podcast that you can resurrect. It's called Talking Sheet, and you can always do it over there. (laughs) Right. No, I don't actually think – no, I don't think it's actually very hard – to go through any of these big names and see serious objectionable journalistic practices that just don't wash with what we would accept as good journalism. And that was Punk's opening salvo in that presser. And the people in that room who called themselves journalists went on to acquit themselves in a way that validated CM Punk by asking about kayfabe storylines instead of following up on a major news story. And I don't think especially with something like this, where the facts are very much they said, they said, you got to, as a reporter, really just stick to the facts. And especially when you're getting it, when you're getting quote unquote, a fact from one side, color it with a lot more nuance and a lot more um, uh, credulousness. I, I, I hesitate to bring this up. I'm going to bring this up. But the whole the whole thing, the line in the story about how, yeah, the locker room was soured on punk from the get go because of the entire Colt Cabana thing. This is something that's happening in a lot of industries anyways, where the workers basically get to dictate the terms of how they get to do their job. And I just think it's one of those weird things where. I almost imagine Punk's like, yeah, I'm kind of concerned about this because Colt's been in your company for a couple of years now. And Tony just kind of goes, hey, don't worry about this. I got it. All right. It's going to be fine. We're all going to be professional. We're going to go in there and make some money, blah, 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 blah. And then Tony doesn't actually go to the to the locker room. No, right, right. fears them a right. little bit. And he says, oh, yeah, we're going to bring in Punk right now. Anybody have a problem with that? Oh, and by the way, I've stealth put Colcaban on the Ring of Honor roster. Uh, no, I, I mean, I think, look, uh, kind of two thoughts here. One, where is the uh, rejoinder editorial comment to this little piece of factoidal information, right? Uh, if we're going to editorialize at one point, I guess, why wouldn't we be editorializing here? And then, two, to editorialize on this, if this is true... This is the beginning of Tony Khan mismanaging this entire situation. If you are Tony Khan and you are bringing in CM Punk as both a top-level talent on the screen and also someone involved in the backstage machinations of how this show is working, and there is, in fact, a sour vibe uh, from the jump, it is your job as Tony Khan to go in there and go, Smile up, people. I am writing checks. Uh, it is time to... It is time. That's a promo I want. Smile up, people. 
I'm yeah. writing checks. I am writing checks. You will learn to love the way things are now. Look at that rating. Look at that rating. Now look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself if you can get that rating. Chris, can you do that? No, you can't. Great champion, though. Nice work. Good job getting those abs back. Hey, Kenny, can you do that? You haven't. Nice. Checks are going to keep coming. Don't worry about it. Nick, Matt? No, no, still not doing much on the mic. Okay, fine. CM Punk is here <laughs> for this purpose. Smile time, people. Smile time. Well, you know See what? you on that, Wednesday. You bring up a point that's interesting that's kind of, it, it's not been forgotten, but at the same time, it's kind of been poo-pooed. You remember the all-hands meeting that they had where Kenny Omega made the quote-unquote joke that he wouldn't have hired 90% of the people in that room? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. It, it, it's kind of interesting when you're saying that Tony's going around going, oh, what kind of rating can you pop? Blah, blah, blah. And Kenny's out there going, I would have hired 90% of you. It, it's just, it, it, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's just like, okay, we're still the number two company, guys. We're no, still I, I think, I think I sort of inadvertently there just sort of painted uh, in, interesting and an illustrative counterexample of the way the dynamic in that locker room should could be. be going right yes. yes it should not be kenny omega doing little snippy snap jokes like this tony khan should have the you know mr visionary should be in there i i would rather be talking about a guy who's kind of high on his own bullshit um like you know all his vi high on his own vision right now um, you know, telling everyone how shit's going to be than this version of Tony Khan, which is milk toast. Yes. He, he just wants to be one of the boys. He wants to hang out at Sammy's wedding. He want you know, like, like this, I'm very unimpressed by this Tony Khan. Okay. No, that, that, that's fair. I, uh, yeah, well, well, I mean, we can bring it up now, but yes, the elite are, are on their way back and, <laughs> Man, I get the feeling we're going to have a couple of digs in here at some people as we do this uh, weird, what what would AEW be like if the Bucks and Kenny had never existed type of a story or whatever, this back to the future with them getting uh, getting uh, retconned out of photos and things like that. I, I just, I'm... I, I think we're gonna go a little bit too meta for the crowd here, and I, I'm 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 a little I'm a little concerned by that, but I will wait to see how. No, it goes no. If first. they do that, it'll be a, a lovely validation of a lot of my critiques of them, yes, which yes, is that they are self indulgent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like that they, that they they are in it. They are trying to make TV mostly to amuse themselves, yes. and if the audience goes along with them, that's nifty. But at this point, <laughs> they like seeing themselves on the TV box. Yes, <laughs> we're gonna pop each other for a while. Let's do that. Yeah, that kind of thing. Uh, the only other news I have this week are, are personnel movements. Uh, for those uh, you'll probably have watched it by now, anyways. But Emma is being reported as coming back to WWE on SmackDown to answer Ronda Rousey's open challenge don't know if she's going to be there full-time or not but she will be on tonight then over in aew bandito has officially signed and is all elite as has juice robinson now again don't know if either of these guys are earmarked for ring of honor or if they are for the all elite roster but we have a roster right now of a lot of people and it is odd to me chris and we will get into this more in the lazy river. How many people we have that are absolutely not stars on this roster and we keep signing people and we keep not trying to figure out how we can't make stars. I just, I like juice Robinson, juice Robinson. I have higher hopes for than bandito bandito. Great worker. Awesome matches. Love I know, him. but, but if you can't talk, you're if not you going to rock. Talk, yes, exactly. And juice Robinson at least has been known to be able to talk. He, he cut a pretty good promo for that Mox match. I'm hoping they put him in a position where it's not like in front of, I mean, like even if it's a, another pre-tape or whatever, start cutting promos and then we can see what we have here. But at the same time, it's also Juice Robinson. We've seen him in Impact. We've seen him in other places in the States. Can we put a new coat of paint on him and make him a big deal? That that's my other. Uh, yeah, question. right. Like, can we make him a big deal and like, what's the game plan for him? I, I mean, you know, would he have a nice feud with MJF? Oh yeah, sure. 
uh, it wouldn't be a long one. Um, and then what? Yeah. You know, well, I, I, also, it, Josh Josh Woods has officially signed the the other half of the varsity athletes. Mm-hmm. Fine wrestler has a couple guys who can talk for him right now. Um, but yeah, I I don't think this company needs to keep adding to the male side of the roster. I agree. It, it, if anything, do I think they could certainly use some um, additions, strong additions to the female side? Yeah, yeah. I think I think you know, open up the pocketbook a little bit on that. Like you know, Emma would actually be a nice get for this roster. Um, but uh, I, I think you Emma know, Emma might look, be the number two wrestler in this company if she came in. I I know. Like when you said that, when you said it earlier, she's gonna be on SmackDown. I was like, man. What an oversight to not get her in because she couldn't have been that expensive to get like six months ago. And this roster has needed someone like her. I, I mean, okay, this might set off some people, but I'll say it. Um, I'm more interested in the in-ring work of Emma than Paige. I like I don't disagree. Yeah, I I I like you know, for all the hubbub about Soraya, I I I I've always thought Emma was the better worker of the two. Okay. Yeah. And I think that she's a better character actor than Paige. Em- Emma Lena's coming. Veer's coming. <laughs> hey, oh, yeah. That's right. Okay. <laughs> you remember that? Okay. Emma Lena. That's right. Yes. 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 But you know what? This would be, I mean, she's not going to beat Ronda on, the, on this turn, Mm-mm. obviously. No, no, but, no, no. But, but, but this like... is a good chance for Hunter to make a, a make good on someone that they absolutely buried. I mean, they buried her. No, and especially with a a fresh coat of paint, she could be a very interesting injection into this roster because she's got a little bit of built-in history with, like, damage control, for example. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I know. Look, I'm excited to see what she does. Maybe it goes well, maybe it doesn't, but I'm at least interested. I'll do it for the news portion of the show. And now the world famous, not that famous, lazy river of wrestling criticism. Whatever we watched over the week, be it old wrestling, new wrestling, future wrestling, <laughs> whatever we've watched, we can comment on, talk about, what have you. Uh, I will uh, I'll go into the classic bag first. I know we have ice cold takes on Halloween Havoc. But I want to start with the Halloween Havocs I also watched this week because I actually watched a couple of old ones. I watched both Halloween Havoc 1989 and Halloween Havoc 1990. If you like tag team matches, boy, are these shows for you. Um, 89 has the uh, infamous uh, Dynamic Dudes Freebirds match where Coronet turns on the Dynamic Dudes in Philadelphia to the giant pop. But that that show also has skyscrapers road warriors in addition to doom and the steiners to lead up to starcade 89's future shock the original plan for it a couple of hoss matches there um headlined by also another pretty good match even though the gimmicks sucked uh great muda and terry funk versus sting and rick flair and the thunderdome cage match with bruno sammartino as the special ref the quote-unquote electrified cage which caught fire before the match, and the great Muda had to climb up and put out the put out the fire on the cage. <laughs> awesome stuff. 90, 90's interesting. There, there's some interesting things in there. Like I, one of those acts that I hated, and I've I, I've hated for most of my life were the Nasty Boys. I never liked the Nasty Boys. They just don't do it for me. I, but, I never really got the zen of their match. But man, Chris. Uh, I'll tell you that late 1989, early nineties WCW run where they're doing matches with the Steiners, which was in this, on this pay-per-view. And then they're doing the hardcore brawls with cactus Jack. And I believe, uh, I think it's cactus Jack and Kevin Sullivan versus the nasty boys, or it's cactus Jack and Max Payne versus the, versus the nasty boys. And anything goes match. Those dudes were awesome. They are awesome at just brawling in this match before they started doing the crappy, like pit stop stuff and, you know, becoming Hogan's boys and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I, I now have to kind of tip my cap because now I kind of enjoy the brawling tough guy, nasty boys, but man, I never liked them up through even like 
watching you know retro matches before but yeah the 90 havoc also has it has sid and uh sting i forget how bad the black scorpion angle was until i watched some of these vignettes like he's doing magic tricks to, to freak out sting and the main event is sid and sting where they bring out barry windham dressed as sting to to, to be a fake sting to get pinned and just Stan Hansen and Lex Luger are in a match. That's something because you can tell Luger just does not want to be in the ring with this blind guy who's just whacking him with clotheslines. And then a pretty interesting uh, Ric Flair and Arn Anderson versus Doom match where, uh, where, where it's a double count out, but still it's just awesome because this, this feud was so underrated when they kind of cooled off Rick a bit to give Sting some shine and it was Horseman and Doom. And it was really, really kind of good stuff. Uh, also, by the way, the last uh, last appearance of, of the Midnight Express in WCW uh, because they left uh, Jim Cornette and Stan Lane then left to go form Smoky Mountain. Uh, I'll, I'll bring up one other point about this, the, both these shows, because this guy was on both shows. And I just, Chris, I, I will never, ever get the appeal of Tommy Wildfire Rich. I just never will. That guy, he 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 had like a very short run with the NWA heavyweight title when it was a big deal, and then he he, he they, WCW would bring him back, and I'd be like, what is the what is the deal? I mean, we watched that last Battle of Atlanta, I think, and he was good in that, but I just I never got his appeal. At no, all. it's so much of that. The lift is done by the nickname Wildfire. Yeah, it's it's a good nickname. It's it's a strong nickname. Uh, it, uh, but Tommy Rich, just a name. You know what it Tommy is. Tommy Rich, I, just a guy. You know what else it is? I think. I think it's also the oh, he was the young, sexy baby face at like nineteen, twenty, twenty one, and then he gets into his like mid thirties, <laughs> and and it's like they're hoping that, that that appeal will come back. But now he has like a beer gut and he's gained some weight. I mean, it's not that he's a bad wrestler. It's just he's a he's very mid. To me, and I, I just, I don't, I, I never saw the appeal. But man, WCW would bring him back like he was a big deal about every six months. Your turn, sir. Um. Okay. Uh, you want to take us through the NXT Halloween Havoc card? We can kind of break that down. Uh, I, I can go very quickly through this card. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't, we don't have to dwell super long. Opener and closer were fantastic matches. I thought the the ladder match and the three way for the title. Braun Breaker holding his own with two guys, and even JD McDonough, who's just taking a beating in wrestling commentary. At, uh both very very good in this match. And, and Ilya, uh, well, yeah, awesome. he was the the narrative was moving through JD McDonough. So yes. like I, I mean, look, uh, his off screen issues that are not to be diminished aside. For just a moment here, his performance in this match was very, very well executed. Yeah, um, I, I agree. Yeah, and then, yeah. and then, and then, in between, the only other match I thought was worth a damn was the uh, Creed versus. Um, uh, I'm thinking of his real name. What's what's his gimmick name? Damon uh, Kemp. Damon Kemp. Yes, that was that yes. was that was fun. After the first, after the, we got through the whole, we're guys who really don't know what we're doing, but we're doing a hardcore match right now. So let's just hit each other with stuff. Once it got to the kind of the story, it got really, really interesting and really, really good, I thought, especially yes. for two guys that aren't technically, I mean, not technically sound, but I mean, technically good at wrestling and doing hardcore matches. I thought I thought this was solid. And the latter match, like I said before, uh, great stunt show, uh, you know, what, what you'd think it would be. But the rest of this card, somebody else put it perfectly, is that a lot of these NXT matches, like you take the Roxy and Cora Jade one, for example, is just a lot of building up to the Shawn Michaels, I'm sorry, I love you, in the Ric Flair match moment. But it's in every match now, and you're just like, I, I you know, that kind of uh, hyped-up dramatics where you're just like, God, just hit them, for God's sake, as opposed to taking, taking the moment, the theatrical, we make movies from beyond the mat type of moment. But No, no, I, I, I agree. Look, um, this was not... this was an improvement from some of the bad old days takeover shows uh, in, in Technicolor Vomit era. But, I mean, when you go up and down this card, I think uh, only a handful, like three matches of the seven here. Uh, I, I guess you could say, yeah, seven um, here. 
really to me, or I guess the six it made six. It on screen. Yeah, yeah, six. I, I was looking at acting. Unless you count the haunted house as a match. No, 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 no. You're right. So <laughs> three of the six to me were were takeover quality matches, and then. Cruz and Waller was a TV match. Perez and Corjay was a TV match. And Manny Rose and Alba Fire was a TV match. God, Alba Fire got nothing in that match for the most part. Nope. Unreal. It was, it was, I mean, and I I knew when, when she had Mandy on the run, I was like, wow. I mean, it was very obvious how this was going to end. It was just, uh, yeah, it was, uh, nothing, nothing to write home. I will praise something on the NXT TV show this week though. Something that I, if you had told me in a million years that I, I would enjoy, I would tell you you were wrong. But that women's tag match between Katana Chance and Caden Carter and versus uh, Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark. Yes, yes, that, I know. That held its own in, it so, did. up until up until the referee crap. Yes, but, 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 but no, it was it was it was interesting. Uh, in particular, I for me the standout was Chance. I feel yes. like she's she is. Just, I'm. I want to see Katana Chance as a heel, like like a cheating, sneaky, like like they the, were like, moving towards that at one yes. time. You remember that? Yes, I know. I, I and now I'm like, I want to see evil Katana Chance. I think I'm here for that. I, I look, Makita Lions is 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 a giant compared to the, uh, that other team. Uh, she didn't do too bad, but you you know I've 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 been saying for a while now that. Uh, Zoe Stark has that kind of Ron Garvin type of charisma. Yeah. Where, you know, she has, she has tough credibility, but she still has some, it, it's a weird persona. It's not like, it's not like come off the screen charisma, but there's something likable about that. I'm not saying that they have this level of talent. I, I would never do that. But the Nikita Lions, Zoe Stark team is very much like, I forget if it was 1988 or 87. But but as U.S. tag champs, Ron Garvin and Barry Windham had a bit of a run there before they got beat by the Midnight Express. They have that kind of, I would never compare Nikita Lyons to Barry Windham as a wrestler at all. But they have a very similar dynamic to them in terms of in terms of how they interplay as, as a tag team. But yeah, I, I if you had told me that this women's match would blow anything away, I saw compared to something with like Roxanne Perez, I would say you're absolutely nuts, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed this tag match. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I strongly agree. It, it, it vastly outperformed my expectations because I have not been very high on chance and Carter as like a tag team. They're just, yeah, they, they, not- they have this weird, <sighs> They're 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 going too much into the gimmick as party girl type things, and that just wasn't working for me. No, we're best friends, and we do in our little pose, and then we're gonna have glow sticks and t-shirt cannons as we dance to the ring. It's just like uh, get some. But this gave them some credibility. I like I like I love their double team moves. I I their double team moves are 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 crisp when they hit them. I would like them to be like almost more no nonsense. Like they're not yes. heels in any way, but just like, they are just totally no nonsense. Business. Baby they're there for business. business. They're not, yep. they're not there for, 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 for the sports. Inter- they're <sighs> wrestlers, quote unquote, you know, and, and yeah. you know, not grapplers, but, you and, know. And, and they're constantly communicating with each other. Yeah. Like, almost, yeah, almost like a yeah. young wolves type of thing with like yes. Edwards and, and Richards type thing. Yep. If they were a little bit more serious. I, I'd yep. love them. And even if they were a little bit he- more heelish when they were serious, I, I'd be like, hey, we're going to do what we can to get the win. And yeah, you know, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, I more communication. Like, you you don't have to say we're best friends. You know how we can know that you guys, like, are really good friends? Is <laughs> that, like, like, good friends? Yeah, no, like, on the ring, you know, one of you's on the apron going, bring her over here. I'm going to, you know, you know like, yeah, get her, get her, like that. yeah, yeah, get her into the corner. Like, get your wow. foot up, you know, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, just just making it real clear, like we are we are working in sync, and we have a mission. Show don't show don't tell. Yeah, I mean exactly, that's exactly. Your turn, sir. Um, yeah. Other than that, uh, I guess let's uh move over to the actual NXT results here, uh, or like the the fallout or whatever. Um, the conflicted Sangha storyline, <laughs> not interesting at all. Not interesting at all. I don't want Song as a heel. I don't either. He's I, yeah. great as a baby face. What are we doing? <laughs> I, 
it, it's it's very strange. Uh, the the thing that's making it work though for me, Ivy Nile coming out and scolding Saga was such like a great little beat. Just, just like the look on Saga's face was yes! fantastic. Yeah, and it, and it just coming from Ivy, yeah, it, it, you'd be like scared and cowed. Well, it's <laughs> funny because Shawn Michaels on the on the NXT conference call prior to Halloween Havoc was like, you know what, with Songa, we're not gonna we're not gonna do the stereotypical thing of you know evil foreigners doing evil things, blah 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 blah. And then what do we do? The right to it. I mean, unless unless it become like a baby face killer team, which I could see it happening down the road as this whole heel thing doesn't take. But yeah, I, it, Songa Songa's. Song has been a revelation. He might not be able to wrestle, but he is an absolute fantastic babyface presence. And I just i I don't see people booing him, especially the smart fans at Full Sail. Yeah, yeah, no, and and I'm I'm with you. Uh, that they have established him too much as the the friendly giant who you know yes. like actually gets along really well, in particular with like the, the he's like the friendly dude uh to like a lot of the females in the locker room in particular uh like and yeah i i, I think that that's a unique energy like not every yeah. not not every performer actually can kind of pull that off in a convincing way it really does work you, you for can't play, you can't do the playboy thing and get baby face reactions all that often but he and does. also like let's stop let's stop like with veer in a tag team like let's go all in with like let's make veer serious and just make him like a you know a killer, you know. Yeah. Let's see. He, I mean, Breaker versus Veer could be really interesting. Oh yeah, yeah, that'd be very. Oh, dude, that'd be that'd be Cena versus Umaga is what yeah. that would be. I mean, that'd be yeah. awesome. I'm here for yeah. that. Shit, yeah, man. no, yeah, yeah. Like, like I'm I, I, I'm sorry. No, no, yeah, well, <laughs> I never cuss on this show, but I was just like, yeah, give me that match. I want to see some fighting. I want to see Braun Breaker right. yeah. throw some, some dude. And I just want to see like a no-nonsense Veer Mahan just like making yes. Braun Breaker's life and everyone else's life dude, hell. I, dude, I, that's I actually... my note for more for all wrestling is make this more serious as opposed to more ironic, playful. Please. I guess, you know, the, the spin out of this would be Sangha starts having a crisis of confidence and Veer just demolishes him. Yeah. Um, and, and, and like, yeah, like it, maybe that's how we pivot out of this. Um, that being said, Diamond Mind, uh, it just the the Creed brothers uh, continue to shine. <laughs> Were They're you sh- shocked at all that uh, that uh, Roderick Strong did not pop out of this ambulance in any way? To I was, okay. I was, um, I, I, I was, I it, the swerve was like sort of no swerve on that. Um, I liked, I thought Brutus was real good on the mic here yes. on Wednesday too. Yes. No, I, I know, I'm like he's finding sit- himself. They're both finding themselves, and it's fantastic. All, all three of them are. I, I actually, I think, I think really, you know, let's let's pair Diamond Mine down to the Creeds and Ivy. Um, and th- they're a very interesting little character unit now. Uh, in addition to being talented in the ring, big anything, fan. Anything else in NXT? Um, <laughs> did, did you like transfer student? Uh. I wanted to call him Brendan Vick, but that's not his name. Brendan Vick, that's not his name anymore. Duke Hudson. Duke Hudson, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, that was good. That was good. Um, and then Ilya and JD, I just didn't feel like we needed to go back to that. No, I don't either. But I think they, yeah. I think they need to give him something to do while Braun and Apollo, or as Apollo gets a good match out of Braun, uh, for for whatever main event they're gonna do for that. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting. Sure. That's an interesting match, but it's not that interesting to me because right, right, because you because you you just don't feel like Breaker's titles in any real peril. Yeah, and you just yeah. feel, and you just feel like you know Apollo's gonna throw gonna fly for him, which is great, but at the same time you don't think that he's ever gonna have the real upper hand in the feud at any point because you know what they want to do with Braun. So yeah, no, it'd be, it'd be, it would be interesting if. Apollo was, you know, being booked on more of an evil arc and like, and also being booked a little bit stronger. So like, it just felt like maybe, you know, there's just like more dark clouds hanging over this match. Um, Booked properly. I could be really into this match. It's unfortunate that they're going to kind of keep it at a colder, colder heat level. I'm going to move us off of NXT for my one main roster WWE point. The hell was that ending on raw? (laughs) It's not that I don't like Nikki Cross. I love Nikki Cross. I like her a lot. We're going to have her take out Bailey and Bianca to reintroduce her? 
when we haven't really taken her off TV to the point where nobody kind of misses her, <laughs> my my reaction was that of when Krusty the Clown had to use the Russian knockoff Itchy and Scratchy. He's just staring there with a cigarette going, what the hell is that? That's my reaction to this. I, it... it <laughs> I don't know how to put this exactly. Is is Nikki uh is is Nikki possibly able to be a bigger force in the women's division than Bailey? Is that how bad we've mishandled damage control? Or is she possibly gonna join damage control? That would be kind of an interesting fluke, but at the same time, what would you do with Bailey then? If this is this is almost, I mean, look, I, we were talking before the show about, you know, Triple H has, has had some great hits. Damage control is, is an inexplicable miss to me. And I don't understand it because it's one of those things where these women should be running roughshod through this division until the Survivor Series. And then, and then you kill them in war games. And then, and then you can finally start breaking them up or they stay together and they're a little bit depowered, but you can build them back up. I don't understand at all Nikki Nikki Cross and this reintroduction right now, especially in the main event segment. Hey, I'm glad that we got Nikki Cross back. That's that's true too. Uh, I, I I will say that that Nikki Ash thing needed to go away, and it has. Uh, so that's good. Uh, but I found myself baffled. Maybe. Nikki has a great promo in her next week to kind of make this all make sense. But like introducing a perfectly gray figure into the main event picture of the women's title scene is an interesting move. Sanity, is sanity coming out? Are we got to get uh, the not Eric Young members of sanity in here. Uh, it's just, it's so weird to redebut someone as a perfect tweener. Yeah. I mean, as especially, and and someone who has been on TV every week and you're just all of a sudden making the new packaging as opposed to, hey, she's been off for six months and now we reintroduce her as this figure and everybody's happy to see her. Now it's just like, okay, Nikki Cross is getting interjected into this program and everybody's looking at this going possibly to take a loss. Of some kind, but yeah, it was just, I just, uh, it's not that I hated the move. I was just kind of baffled by it. I mean, because there are other people you could have introduced here. <laughs> the, oh, on the oh, plus side, the on the plus side, the match work is going to be better. Like, yes. like the Nikki Cross match is infinitely better than the Nikki Ash match. Yes. Um, and so, I mean, I'm interested in that. Oh, that's the thing we forgot on NXT, by the way. Uh, oh you, uh, no, no, no! I was actually going to circle back to the okay. Gacy debut. The yeah, big okay, there Gacy we go. Review. Okay, thank you. Or, yeah, yeah. Reveal. Yes. All right. So um, I'm d- I'm done talking about Nikki. Okay. So the Rock's daughter debuted <laughs> on NXT. What? <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> this is not a gimmick that works for her. No. She, she, she's not good at, she doesn't have the look for it and she's not good at the delivery for it so this, i just don't know who thought this was a good idea as much as i slam isla dawn this had isla dawn written all over it because <laughs> they kept her she was not cut in the in the nxt uk thing to my knowledge and she makes it yes she makes How infinitely take- more sense in this yeah <laughs> I, I understand expectations and living up to them, but how do you take the daughter of the biggest wrestling star that your company has ever made, possibly, knowing that she's kind of A, bland, and B, we don't know if she can wrestle yet, and you just deny their existence and stick her with Joe Gacy and say, hey, take this, let's see what you can do with this kid. How how are you helping her in this case? I mean, because I don't know about you, but I mean, you can say that she's not the Rock's daughter on TV all you want, but the expectations are there within herself. Yeah, and if she if she drops, and, and you a, certainly if, see the Rock's daughter on her face. Yes, if she drops the ball with this garbage gimmick, how, how are you ever going to rebuild her 
I mean, I'm of the opinion that you, I mean, I get, I guess they introduced her as a big deal. (laughs) I don't know. I've already lost the grizzled young veterans. And I don't know if they're ever coming back. I just, I, ah, I was like, this is somebody, I mean, in, in 20 years, she should sue the company for corporate malfeasance. And I don't know if it would work. But if she doesn't, if, do, if she doesn't make millions in wrestling, this is the first step to that. So yeah, I just this is Curtis Axel level of irresponsibility. Yeah, I uh, baffled by this choice. At least Curtis Axel got to beat Triple H by countout. Let us go to AEW, shall we, Chris? Sure. Again, I love MJF. MJF is so fantastic on the microphone. I want I want five or six more MJFs in this company so that I can watch a wrestling show. I understand people like great matches, but let me ask you this. Would you rather have five or six uh five or six of these and maybe one to build a match like a say John Moxley versus Pentagon, which had absolutely nothing to it i i you tell what me what is the point of having pentagon in a world title match if you're not gonna build it if up? if you're not gonna build it up for at least three weeks and at least do something with it and put some emotional resonance in it but 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 let's put that aside for a second chris uh i'm not sure if i'm correct on this or not but i had a slight problem with this mjf promo and I want to see if you agree or disagree because uh, my co-host on my other show disagreed with me. I did not like the playing into the uh, cheers of the crowd thing. Now, don't get me wrong. If you are a popular heel, you're going to be cheered by some people and you are allowed to acknowledge it. The Four Horsemen and Nafuk, where this was taped, is pure horseman country. The horsemen would come out, acknowledge that they had fans there, and then get to work to being evil. I guess if you want to quantify that possibly we're teasing an MJF babyface turn here, that he would do these types of things, but he's still saying the things about how all the poors want to sleep with Renee and how Virginia, for all its faults, he loves them. But I thought this treaded a little bit too far into cool heel territory. Am I wrong or somewhat correct on this um for me it's like this storyline's too cute by half okay if you're gonna turn mjf turn mjf but like i don't i don't know i don't know that there's i don't know that he's doing a great job at the devil who made us love him uh angle which is what i think they're going for here (laughs) jesus no, that that like he makes us Sorry. love him. No, he makes us love him right up until the moment he stabs us in the heart when he takes the belt off of Moxley. Basically, sort of like makes Moxley seem like the bad guy, makes himself seem like the good guy. Blah blah blah. Yeah, um, but it's all it's all cunning ruse. Well, that's where the 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 angle gets interesting for me. Um, see, I don't think they're gonna do the full babyface. I don't think they're gonna do the full swerve. I think this is going to be something where he proves he's the devil and he screws everybody. I still think um I still think that that he is he he and Regal are in cahoots. And I I still think that that the story that I posited last week that it's possibly Regal, Yuta, MJF and and uh Daniel Garcia as a stable as you have a, a as you have a mole in each one is is pretty great, and I think eventually it's also going to get into screwing over the pinnacle, because I think he's got to bring in the pinnacle to help him against the to, to, to help him against the firm now. And I liked, I actually kind of liked a lot about what the firm did on Wednesday. I really liked, especially in that tag match after after the Gun Club took off the ridiculous costumes. And don't get me wrong, I laughed at the costumes; they're very funny. But they came in and did a post-match beating that looked like it had some heat to it. And I really liked that. I the liked guns that they, are really good as goons, aren't they? 
Yes. But yeah, and Austin they were good and as Colton, goons in, and they were good as goons in, in the in the uh in the in the final part where they're beating up MJF as well. Yes, like, yeah, no, no, they they they're, they're good at that. And like that's that's a role. It's kind of like you we were talking about the Bollywood boys in the last episode. Um you need good goons. Um and not everyone is good at all sort of the mannerisms and like the the little like slightly undersized, a little bit more aggressive, still kind of twerpy, but like the 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 guns are good. I like the guns. They, they've really grown on me. Yeah, and I look. I think I think Ethan Page should be the head heel of any stable he's in. I mean, I, I he he just exudes jerk, and I love him for it. But it, yeah, it's one of those things where um, oh, and he felt like a leader in that moment. Yes. Like they 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 did, the firm stopped feeling like this amorphous assemblage and like a unit led by Ethan Page, managed with the, with by the exception of Lee Moriarty. Well, yeah, yeah, I got <laughs> who, who I thought was Sonny Kiss at first. Uh, he, he's going to be the wild card of the group. Oh yeah, because he has green hair. But no, I, I I liked this, and I like Stokely needs an edge, so I hope it gives him an edge. Um, as, as for MJF, if if this all turns out to be a swerve, and it's like, oh, I took this beating because Regal told me I needed to take this beating. Ah. Uh, <laughs> eh. If he ends up screwing everybody and going with Regal. And it was all to get to get every group involved and to eventually screw them all. I'm here for that kind of Kaiser Soze workmanship. And I've been kind of pushing that as Sammy Zayn to be doing that right now. But I don't think he's doing that. I don't think WWE can script something like that. But I do think MJF as as a puppet master would be would just get him over huge. No, um, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, I just, I, I'm with He's you. He's the quote unquote devil. So everybody who buys into the devil, uh, even the evil people have their souls taken from them. And I kind of, yeah, I kind of just dig that whole story. Okay. Okay. All right. Your turn, sir. Uh, no, actually that was my turn. Oh, that was your turn. Okay. Then <laughs> um, it's my turn. But then. I appreciate that. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I, thank you. Thank you. Um, let me see what else happened on or on uh, the Danielson is uh, Sammy Guevara match was a really fun like blending of styles. Yeah. yeah, I liked I liked that a lot. I, I mean, I don't, I don't have like a nuanced thoughts on this, but when you're saying earlier about like Regal, I was like listening to Regal on commentary, and something did sort of feel like you know like getting ready to break up with somebody. You know, like like oh yeah, Danielson's really great, great guy. Really like him. Yeah, I uh, yeah, yeah. I think I so high that, of him. I noticed I noticed Regal and Yuta interactions during that whole promo, and I'll I'll get into that as I get uh, after I finish this. But I, I want to talk promos because I love promos. I think promos are really the lifeblood of wrestling. I know <laughs> it's so fun, Chris. The argument. I, I no, have, no. To your point though, about like why is it hard for me to talk about this show? It's like a lot of the matches I have like maybe two to three. They're they're good or they're meh, and I have two to three sentences about each yes. uh, about either one. You know, it's like Rio and Jamie Hader, meh. Um, but I don't have like like deep thoughts on it. Yeah, exactly. Promos are the life. That's what gets you into gets you into wrestling, and and then you judge the match by the build, and and it's one of those things where. I have I have arguments with younger fans who are like, no, I want good wrestling matches. I watch wrestling for wrestling. I'm like, dude, do you want some foreplay with it? I mean, it's the foreplay that makes it great. And and so I want to talk a little bit about the a couple of promo segments on this dynamite show. Cause I liked I liked the JAS one, even even with the technical difficulties and the boom mic and all that other stuff. I have finally found somebody I want to play bigger. Because usually the problem with guys who go big is that they're too big. But I want Sammy Guevara to be far more. And, and the archetype I've used before is the uh, is the Tom Cruise character in The Color of Money. I want him to be uber cocky. I want him to be so cocky that maybe even the JAS is getting a little annoyed with how cocky he is. I just want him making out with, with Ty, getting up there, never taking the sunglasses off, just chewing the gum and smacking it. And being that guy and really leaning into this heel character, he's almost he's almost being too subtle about his cockiness in, in the promos, is what I'm saying. I, I really like that. And uh, and now we will go over to the other side, the uh, 
Wheeler Yuta, who comes straight out of the Rey Mysterio Jr. School of Acting. I mean, this guy, it wasn't that the promo was bad. Here's the problem with it, and let me see if you agree with this part. It's that um, <laughs> it's that when Wheeler Yuta came into the screen to yell at Danielson about, oh, you're finally fired up and sick of this, that's not what a guy who just had a had a match can do because it means he was probably standing there listening to the entire promo the time. <laughs> so as opposed to oh look Wheeler Yuta's just happening to come backstage at this moment where where Brian Daniels is cutting a promo it's like no he's aware of all the things Danielson said before he ever came through the curtain which made it ring a little bit false to me and I just I know he's trying and he's, he's, he's much better than he used to be, but, but man, I just, he is, he is wooden in these things. And I, I'm, I'm hoping for some improvement there, especially if he goes heel. Yeah, no, I, I mean, him as a heel and Yuta and Garcia as like a tag team, I, I think would really help revitalize Yuta in, in particular. Uh, Does he, but he doesn't need revitalization. That's the weird thing. That's just us. Cause like he goes out into the crowd and he gets hot reactions, but I don't know if those are hot reactions because of the Blackpool combat club. Right. I, I, I feel like it's a lot of it is also goodwill, right? Yes. Like people don't want this guy to, to fail. fail. And yeah. I feel, I feel you. I, I'm not rooting for the guy to fail either, but Neither like, no, I, I mean, I, I call him as I see him and you know, either stuff connects with me and it doesn't um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how this goes. I have no other notes, literally. Uh, yeah. I don't know that I really do either. We, well, we, uh, I we mean, yeah, short, we can make it a yeah, short yeah, show. yeah. Um, Oh, okay. No, I guess one line. I, I like, I, Elias. What's your favorite Halloween ha- Havoc? No, <laughs> you didn't know, no my, my favorite Halloween Havoc. Um, <laughs> Spin the wheel, make the deal. Actually, uh, no, you know what I do want to say? I loved MVP's little intro to the Omos squash match. MVP's great. Isn't he? He, like, like he Omos is. is nothing at all. Like, like the guy's just, just a tall human. MVP but MVP been, makes that great. MVP has been a sneaky favorite of mine since as long as he's been in the company. Because I know that when he came up first and everybody was like, oh, he can't work really that well or whatever. And he had that uh, best of seven with uh, he who shall not be named. And really brought it to his own. But man, that the tunnel entrance that he used to do as MVP when he was wearing, he was wearing the breathe right strip over the nose and <laughs> wearing, wearing, wearing the, uh, basically the Power Ranger suit and stuff like that. That's yeah, one of yeah. my favorite entrances in wrestling. It really is. I loved the tunnel. I wa- And so anything he could do to kind of bring back Hype Man MVP, I'm all for it. Yeah, I, I, it, it's just carny enough to be fun is what it is. And and it's it's one of those things that harkens back to a day where, oh, people still believed wrestling was real. And stuff, but yes, almost killing three geeks. I'm here. Four for geeks, it. no, four, four geeks. geeks. Yeah, and right, the, yeah. the the one guy making the gulp face as the the hand was up again. No, <laughs> they were I, very I, good. They were they were very, very good. good. No, I, it, it has nothing. It, it was it was MVP and the geeks who made that whole scene really yes, work. They made I, I it thought, look like a million bucks. No, they did. Yeah. And, and and when you know how limited Omos is, oh god, I, and he is really friggin' limited. Uh, no, I. I credit to those dudes i i i enjoyed that little beat on on the show a lot don't i don't understand the baron corbin jbl thing who thought this was a good idea doesn't make a lot of sense oh but it does make sense doesn't it i guess money no the crowds have the same reaction to to corbin as they did to jbl it's the oh god he sucks get him off my screen even though corbin is a far better wrestler than jbl will ever be i think in my opinion but he has the same obnoxious, oh, no, the smarts don't like him all that much type of thing. Like, people hated JBL because it's like, push Ray, push Eddie, push push the guys who can work over this big guy. So Vince would just continue to cram JBL down everybody's throats and have him be him. That, that's, the, that's the same thing with Corbin. I mean, they have this, this is water meeting its own level is what it is. Yeah, okay. I see that. I see that. 
I miss Pat McAfee. He is so great on that college football show. I wish he could. Boy, I still, I, I, Kevin is not adding anything on, on the microphone. He, oh, he, Ke- Kevin on, it's oh, just the, not the, clicking. The play-by-play guy on Raw. Yeah, yeah that, he, it is just not they clicking. They may find that, that firing Jimmy was a mistake. Oh, I know. I know. I, the, as as the weeks wear on, it's like firing Jimmy was just a just a complete baffling decision. Or uh, or the or what they're gonna do is bring up Vic, I think, and because they have, I like uh, I like the kid who does NXT Level Up. Yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. very and, good, and, and he's he's a perfect plug-in for Vic too. Yeah. Um. So no, and Vic Vic's great. Uh. Yeah. No, I I just don't. I think Kevin is gonna go into the uh, Adnan Verk. Where are yes, they now? He is, file oh, very there's quickly. a lot of Adnan Verk in there, and it's not that he's not. It's not that he doesn't love wrestling. As I could, he is miscast. He was a perfectly fine vanilla Dashabot in the back. He really was. He wasn't that bad. He, I mean, people could make fun of his accent there and get some heat if they were a heel. And Sheamus yeah, and him yeah, could have some Yeah, some, you, you, some you could even have him maybe get along. You know, like you, you could do a little bit of character work with him. Not like not like a ton of time, but yeah. You, you he know, was he fine. Works, he, he was works fine doing. Role. Yeah, he was fine doing that job. Here he is. He has to carry a load that he, he he's not equipped to do just yet. And he it's, was perfectly fine more on than that, though, right? It's it's more than that. Some How people so? have the right voice, yes, for leading a show as the dominant a main voice, and his voice just isn't right you, for that. You, you know, you could be a very good is? public speaker and not have the right a voice. Oh, I know what it is exactly, and it's not necessarily voice or tone or or. I want to say timber, but that's not that you know. There's no bass in his voice. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. There's no confidence in his voice either. He he's he's calling it as if give me approval in the headphone as to how I'm doing the entire time. That, yeah. That's what it is. He's trying to. No, no. There is a, there is no authority in his right. voice as he he as he's calling the action. It, it it needs to it. The color man needs to be sort of laid back and giving his opinion on things or whatever. And the play-by-play, a voice of the show, needs to be, like, very, very... It's why Mauro Ronaldo, I, I know, you know, people have their qualms with them or whatever. It's what makes Mauro very good at what yes. he does, um, is that he is always fully, fully engaged. Like totally J- Jimmy, rocked. once he got, J- Jimmy, once Jimmy, he got past yeah. Vince yelling at him in, 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 in the headset... And got the confidence was a perfectly serviceable play-by-play guy. Yeah. Vic Joseph has confidence now. He used to be when he had raw. He was also weak. I mean, you 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 remember, you remember as him the guy who's now known as Mace and Jerry Lawler. You remember that raw commentary team? Yes, that, I do. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, no, he's found his niche down in NXT, and he might be you know with Hunter producing him and Michael Cole. He might be ready for another run up at the top as well, but yeah, and and of course Michael Cole, <laughs> Michael Cole's in the fu money stage of his career where he's just like, dude, the handcuffs are off, and I can say whatever. He's bringing up wrestling history and stuff like that. I'm still fascinated by him in many ways, even though I love the McAfee and him team. I know, uh, Michael Cole. It, it's. You- for years, everyone's like, "Oh, he does a bad job." He's actually very, very good at this. Very he, good. Go he, listen, yeah, again, he, yeah. the House of the Right or what? The Rising Sun pay per view in Japan. Yeah, that yeah. he did. I mean, everybody points to that and go, "Yeah, go listen to that. That's great." But uh, <laughs> no, no, it, it, that that is probably this. If you want like the most condensed, like you know, oh, that's good, Michael Cole. Yeah, no, no, like he he really does know the business extraordinarily well. He he is he he's. You can't live and work in this business as long as he has and not like it right. on some level, you know, and, and, and not have, you know, kind of the knowledge. He could have done other stuff. Michael Cole's not like some sort of talentless dude. He has an actual it, it, journalism degree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he could do broadcast. He <laughs> could do Syracuse. broadcast. Yeah. He could do broadcast stuff for other things. Um, Harvard of broadcasting. <laughs> there you go. And someone's, oh, no, you know, who said that Brian Gortz. I read his book. I listened to his book. It's very, very good. And uh, I'll end with this. This, uh, I I, I feel like this is like the Lord of the Rings last movie where we've had six different endings, but I'm going to say this. I enjoyed the book. I listened to it on audio. He doesn't read it, but another guy does. So some of the mispronunciations are kind of funny that he doesn't understand how to say like uh, Pat, uh, 
uh, what's uh, Patterson? I think he's called him Paterson or something like that. Very, very interesting. Uh, uh, Maya Via is a very interesting pronunciation, but there's yeah, a yeah. <laughs> there, there's a Vinceism in there that I had never heard before, and and it's now going into that uh, going into my Rolodex of how I analyze wrestling especially WWE as I watch it. And it was this Vince turned to him once and said, a promo is a match and a match is a promo. And I thought about it and it's like, well, that's why they do the 20 minute promos because they want the ebb and flow of a match where someone gets a shine, someone gets some heat. You know, there might be something screwy that happens then in the midst of the promo. He views those the same way he does as a match where it has to have a certain, it, it's not, it's not a guy talking and trying to build a match. It's a story with an arc that has a, that has an emotional crescendo and then a strong ending. And I was like, okay, now I understand Vince's thinking a little bit more. All right. That, that's a, <laughs> your silence. Says it yeah. All. I, I, I have nothing to add to that. Okay, yeah. Perfect. Uh, well, you can follow me at crap game 13. You can follow Chris for now on Twitter. Don't know how long that's going to last at DWATG and follow the show. Just one word, shake them ropes. We'll update that feed as episodes are released. I do a show called the dynamite show on the fight game media network, five bucks a month. You get a bunch of shows about a bunch of different wrestling promotions, much like voices of wrestling. They do a lot more stateside stuff. There's actually an impact show over at fight game media, but I do a show called the dynamite show in which about 10 minutes after dynamite ends, I thoroughly, thoroughly deconstructed with one Paul Ace Fontaine, almost to the point where it's annoying how much I deconstruct that show. But yes, that's at patreon.com slash fight game media. Chris also has a Patreon. He'll tell you about that now. Yeah, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash DWATG. Uh, I'm a little dormant right now. However, if you sub up uh, it, for Buck a Show, um, that, so it's Buck a Show whenever I put out a show, but if you sub up today, you can actually go and check out the demos for uh, my upcoming EP, which looks like it will probably be out at some point, like early 2023 at the absolute latest. I need to now just find someone to uh, put a final mix and master on this thing. But um, the tracks are either, either all the instrumentals are done. Um, the vocals for most of the tracks are done. Uh, five of the seven tracks. Uh, and you can hear them up at patreon.com slash DWATG. And you can follow me on Instagram at Dr. Underscore Nove. 